0: Today, we're gonna do something very special. We've been in a series called Experience Life. Everyone say, Experience Life. life. Now, when we talk about experience life, we wanna experience life with what? Who knows? Yeah, you got it. It's posted on our wall there. We want to experience, let's all say it together, experience life with people, power, and purpose. And so we're today we're going to look at this purpose pillar, and uh, I want to read together Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 19. This is what Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasure on the earth. Where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye, if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness if therefore the light that is in you is darkness how great is that darkness no one can serve two masters either he will hate the one and love the other or you'll be loyal to one and despise the other you cannot serve God and mammon Verse 25, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, do not worry about your life. life. Tell your other neighbor, do not worry about your life. Oh My this is a big deal do not worry about your life what you will eat what you will drink about your body What you will put on is not life more than food in the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air They do not sow nor reap they do not gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Why do you worry about clothing? Jesus is speaking to us today. Why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies. They don't grow. They don't toil. They don't spin. Yet I say that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These are what the Gentiles seek. But your heavenly Father knows what you need, that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Wow. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord to speak to us through his word this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is life. It's life. It's instruction. It's correction. And Lord, I just declare that your word will accomplish all that you desire it to today. Holy Spirit, I welcome you now, and I ask you to begin to saturate this place. Church, I want you to begin to lift your voice. Let's pray for a mighty anointing to be released in this house. Lord, I pray that you would pour out a great anointing, that you would anoint me, that I would preach with authority your word as I ought to today. And Lord, that you would anoint every listener within the sound of my voice, those who are Here in this room, joining online, you give us ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart that perceives what your spirit is speaking. I bind every work and every distraction of the enemy, and I ask, Holy Spirit, that you give us liberty in receiving your word today. We commit it to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. Everybody say, experience life. This is the, the idea, and uh, you know it's, it, what we've been presenting the last number of weeks is what I call the elevator talk. You all know what the elevator talk is. If you're in the business world, you should be able to summarize your business, make a 30-second pitch. This is what I'm all about, this is what we do, here is our cause, here's how you can help, or how you can be a part. And we should be able to do the same thing with our church. If people ask you, man, why would I ever want to go to that King's church? What is that church all about? Well, one of the things that I would encourage you to work into your vocabulary or your 30-second pitch, your elevator talk, is if you come to King's, you're going to experience life with people, with power, and with purpose. Now, if that's all you say, I mean, how many agree? That sounds pretty good, man. I, I just, I don't know what all that means, but uh, we've talked about it, and uh, hopefully you've retained it. You can go back and listen to the former messages. We've got it on our websites and, uh, and everywhere, and so you can get a good grasp on really what we believe. We, we believe that we're to experience life with people. We want well no 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 yeah you guys are doing good I've had to do that but but people I'm reviewing now people people are important to us because people are important to God right and so that's why we'll have youth conferences that's why we'll that's why we'll have uh, study uh, uh, life groups for our senior saints and uh, and we'll have groups for everybody in between we've got children's ministry did you know church this is crazy. Last weekend we had over 70 in our children's ministries. Just on Sunday. I mean, that's insane. We have three different classes. They were spread out over those classes. But, uh, you know, why do we offer that? Well, they're people and they're important to God. We, of course, believe that all of our life is going to be rooted in the person of Jesus Christ. And so our our desire is maybe you even came here today and you've not yet met the man Jesus Christ. You've not met who could be your Lord and Savior. And a major part of what we do is to make sure people know. That's why we... Encourage you to go and help with a a dance outreach. I mean could you go love on some people out there and and do that That's why we'll go on a mission trip to Cleburne because we care about people. We love the power of God. Everybody say power We're not a seeker-sensitive church, but we are a spirit-sensitive church. And so we desire to to, to create an atmosphere. This is why we have our prayer moments. This is why we pray for military. This is why we pray for outreach. We believe for miracles and signs and wonders, the power of God, but the purpose... I am convinced that one of the things that every man, woman, and child on the planet, saved or unsaved, what they desire in life is to have life with meaning, with purpose. One of the things that was, was startling to me is uh, I know when we watched this whole COVID thing begin to ramp up, we watched suicide rates begin to elevate. And even as I began to do research on this, you know one of the most mind-boggling things is that you, could, that you, you discover in the realm of suicide was that the highest percentage of suicide is among the wealthy and the famous. You're like, what's going on there? Why? Would wealthy, influential, or famous people, what is it that would cause them to take their own life? And here's here's my theory, this is what I believe, that there are individuals who are pursuing significance and they think I'm gonna have it if I can have this much money or if I lead this kind of business or if I have this many followers, if I'm on this television or this movie program, if I can just get the album deal. And when they reach that level of success, they realize, I'm missing something, and if this isn't it, then there must be nothing in life. How is it? I mean, you guys, just go hang out with some of our door greeters. Just go hang out with some of our children's workers. Walking around Kings, you'll meet some of the happiest people on the planet. Why? They don't have millions. I mean, maybe some of you have millions of dollars. Maybe some of you are famous, but most of us are not. And yet in the church, you'll find some of the happiest people on the planet. Why? Because we found significance. We have found purpose. We discover I can, I can love people, and I can care for people, and I can teach, and I can, I can do what God has called me to do. And What a joy. Now, Jesus gave us some keys and i'm going to go through a a number of these things and i'm gonna go quickly because we're going to do something very powerful uh at the conclusion of our service I, i gave you a heads up last week and uh in fact i'm just going to remind you now in a moment we are going to move out from this place and we're going to go into our future worship space we've got a thing of markers here and what i'm going to ask us to do in just a few moments is to begin to write out all over the walls and on the floor declarations. I want you to prophesy. I want you to write verses that you feel like will embody uh, what our worship and our times together are going to look like. Maybe you have family members. Man, I'm just believing for my cousin. I'm believing for my auntie. I'm believing for my uncle. I I I want my parents to be born again. And maybe you feel led to write out their names and know you know, so-and-so is going to be saved right here in this place. And uh, so we're going to make declarations. I'm reminding you of that because I... I want you to begin to contemplate what is it that you're believing for? This is purpose. What are we going to see the Lord do and fulfill as the Lord brings our church to the next level over the coming months? And so we're going to, I want to look at a couple things that Jesus said, and I won't dig deep into all of this, but Jesus gave us a couple ideas here and how we can, experience life with purpose how many of you want to experience life with purpose okay i sure do number one in verse 19 he says don't lay up for yourselves treasures in on the earth where moth and rust destroy thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy thieves do not break in and steal where your treasure is there your heart will be also number one invest in heaven invest in heaven Uh, i of course we can look at at finances here that is a major part of, of of what we're talking about in fact he in the next verses talks about how you can't serve the lord and mammon so we know that money is part of what he's talking about in this you can look at somebody's bank statement And you can tell immediately where their heart is, what they value. And so it's very important, but we encouraged in the realm of giving, but can can I just tell you that everything that you do in this life, you're investing in something. You're you're giving into something. You're sowing into something. And, And one of the things that moves me is this idea that one day, most of what we see around us is going to perish what will remain i'm telling you most of what is going to remain and what's of eternal value are sitting in the seats right next to you is people is people this is what we're going to take with us to heaven. Uh, this building as much as I this is a gift from God and our and our work and our labor here it absolutely has significance it has value. But one day this building friend is going to be gone. One day that business that you run is going to be gone. One day, one day everything, the house that you save and you got and I want you all to have great houses and great businesses. I want you to hear my heart in this, but 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 the question is, what are we doing with what God has given us? One of the one of the things that motivates me in my life is uh is this quote by Leonard Ravenhill. He asked the question, are the things that you're living for worth Christ dying for? Are the things that you're living for worth Christ dying for? I was reading once again the story of a, of a missionary by the name of Nate Saint. How many of you have ever heard of Nate Saint? He was a missionary to the Anca India, Indians in Ecuador. and. Nate made this statement. He talked about uh, the criticism that he received as a missionary, and he made this statement. He says, people who do not know the Lord ask why we would waste our lives as missionaries. But they forget they too are expending their life, and when the bubble has burst, they will have nothing of eternal significance to show for the years they have wasted. Now... I'm not asking you all to go on the mission field, although we could give a plea for that right now. But what his prayer was. See, Nate Saint was a missionary. He and a team flew in. They were dropping medical supplies and food, and and they they felt like this is a time we've been giving supplies long enough that we can go and we can meet these people. And as they went and they began to interact with these people, they were cannibals. They were violent, and as they began to interact with these individuals, they became violent and began to attack them, and maybe you know this story. It's become quite famous. Nate Saint, and I believe four others, went out into the river fleeing these natives who were beginning to attack them, and as they were there, Nate Saint died as a martyr He was speared through and died for the cause of Christ. And and as the story goes, it's an incredible testimony. They've made movies of this and everything that the moment that they were speared down, they died in that river. They said the natives began to hear angels singing in the treetops around them. And they realized that these Americans didn't come to to take anything from us or threaten us. They, They realized that they were authentic in their approach. What's amazing is Nate's family, his wife and his son, went back to that very same tribe, carrying the gospel, and this time they were wide open to receive all that the Lord had for them. It's powerful. But as they began to reflect on the life of this now martyr, they found a prayer journal. (laughs) These guys inspire me. They found his prayer journal, and what he told the Lord, he said, I don't desire to live a long life, but a full life like yours, Jesus. It was pinned just days before he was speared down there in Ecuador. And I'm telling you, church, you don't have to be a missionary to live a full life. Every single one of us, when we do what God has called us to do, this is all I ask you to do, is you begin to pray and you begin to seek the Lord. Lord, what would you have me do? Because God, he'll give you purpose. He'll give you significance just like he gave to this missionary. And some of you God will call to be missionaries. Some of you God will say, I want you to win the youth for Jesus. Some of you God says, I want you to raise up godly business leaders. I need you to go in politics because we need some godly politicians. I need you in the world of medicine because I've got revelation that I want to give to some of my medical medical uh, doctors he'll he'll give you vision and if you do anything other than what he's asking you to do friend you're just gonna be miserable I'm just telling you now I spent too much time on that one but Jesus continues so 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 number one our key in finding purpose we're gonna be invested in heaven In finances absolutely but with your life with your life invest in heaven number two we are going to live consecrated we're going to live consecrated everybody say live consecrated Jesus said in verse 22 the lamp is the body of the eye therefore if your eye is good your body will be full of light if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness so we need to live consecrated. You say, what does that mean, Pastor? Well, to consecrate means to make something holy. To set apart for the purposes of God. Um, and this is what our lives are to be. Now, of course, he, he says specifically the eye. And I love, there's a verse in Job 31. It became a life verse of mine early in my walk with the Lord. He said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. I'm not going to look upon women lustfully. I'm going to guard what I look upon and what I, what I focus on. But I was reading. Now, this is a cool passage. You, you ought to just write this down. And, and look, I think we've got it on the screen. Psalm 17, 15. This spoke to me big this last week. David said, I will set my face on you and your righteousness. Then I will be satisfied and I will awake in your likeness. Meaning, I'm going to look on you, God, and I will become like you, God. When I look at you, and I set my focus and my gaze on you, I will awake in your likeness. Friend, I-, I want you to hear me on this. What you set your eyes on, what you listen to, what you think upon, it's either going to produce light or it's going to produce darkness in your life. We're feeding something, always feeding something. This is why I'm so intentional about who I surround myself with. I've watched people called of God on fire for the Lord and they get around negative, critical people. Next thing you know, they're negative and critical. Like bro, you used to be so full of vision and and hope and a great encourager, what happened? Their eyes, their ears, their thoughts are surrounded by darkness. We must evaluate what are we setting our minds on. In fact, I, I was encouraging somebody just a, a short time ago. You know, I'm convinced part of, part of the reason so many continue to struggle in the same cycles of sin just something I, It was one of the first lessons the Lord taught me when I was coming out of the world of drug addiction. Uh, part of that was I had gotten arrested, praise God. I've got a testimony. Any testimonies in the house? I, I, uh, I got arrested and I was court-ordered that I needed to have so many hours in AA and NA. And one of the things even as a I mean a baby baby Christian I hated the moment where I was to stand up and say my name is Jacob and I'm an addict. But that was their policy and but at the end of the day, I, even as I would have to say that, so most of the time I just sat there quiet because I didn't even want to make that declaration over my I wasn't even a Pentecostal yet, friend. But I understood that there is power, and I, I was gaining this revelation like I'm not an addict anymore. I'm a blood-washed saint of the Most High God. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So this is what I began to, to receive over myself, and I what I've discovered though is when we spend our entire lives focused on our issue focused on our problem focused on our addiction our struggle friend you're gonna to continue to have that addiction that struggle that problem Jesus instructs us to in fact I I gave a couple verses on this he says those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the flesh they set their minds yeah they set their minds everybody say set your mind you want to know why you're living in the flesh it's not because the flesh is the issue it's the mind that's the issue you've set your mind on the flesh but those who live according to the spirit set their mind on the yeah they set their mind on the Spirit, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the Spirit, it's life and it's peace. The mind that's set on the flesh is hostile towards God. It does not submit to God. It cannot, but those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Colossians 3.1 says, you've been raised with Christ. Seek things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things of the earth. What are you looking at? What are you thinking about? Uh, Take your eyes off of the issue and begin to look to righteousness personified, freedom personified. Begin to look to the giver of hope and healing and freedom. Set your eyes on things above. Wow. Now, oh my. You guys just download the Bible app you can get all the notes here I'm gonna to have to skip over some things are you, are you getting blessed so far I got seven minutes and we're gonna go prophesy in the next room verse 24 no one can serve two masters he will hate the one he will love the other or he will be loyal to one and despise the other you cannot serve God and mammon or the God of money other translations say number three you need to identify who your master is who is the master of your life? Have you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior over all? Or are there areas that are still yet unyielded to him? One of the things that I've discovered is everybody, everybody wants to have a Savior, right? Nobody wants to go to hell. I want to go to heaven, but very few people want to have a Lord. I want a savior i want to have purpose in my life boy i'd love a manifestation of power i'd love to have some people we we want the benefits but i I tell you the benefits come with a lord it comes with a master it comes with a savior the bible says that it will come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, Acts 2.21. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know that the that God made Jesus whom you crucified, Lord and Christ, Acts 2.36. The Bible says, Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. You want to live life with purpose, with significance, with meaning? Well, this is this probably should have been point number one but i'm going through it in the order jesus did so i think his sermon outline's correct but you need to make jesus your master your lord now here's the last one that that we'll cover today number four you need to tear down the stronghold of worry tear down the stronghold of worry you know what a stronghold is right I've taught on this, stronghold is not just like some ethereal, uh, spiritual force out there, I need deliverance. No, a stronghold is a wrong mindset. It's wrong thinking. You believe something wrong about God. I I share the illustration often because this is where it became so real to me. There's a young lady who came... Uh, for counseling, her mom came and brought her because she was just struggling so badly. Uh, uh, she was rebellious and she was having a hard time in school and uh, you know, even in the church, it was just difficult. And as we began to, to, to talk and to converse with her, all of a sudden this wound is exposed. Her father had died years before in a four-wheeling accident. And I never forget the statement that she made. She says, My dad died. Why would God do that? Something horrible happened. And the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, so to lie into her life, God did that. And she believed this lie. And so now you can imagine every time we're singing a song, you're a good, good father it's filtered through this idea that God killed my dad stronghold wrong belief wrong idea she believed a lie and now every time I can pray the Lord's Prayer our Father who art in heaven oh you're so holy father filter stronghold you know what breaks a stronghold friend not the anointed prayer of a pastor not sessions of inner healing meetings there's only one thing that will heal strongholds truth everybody say truth she believed a lie and i undid the lie in one simple statement god didn't do that I mean, I'm telling you, one statement of truth, this young lady begins weeping profusely. I felt the grace in the presence of God. He was affirming the truth that I had spoken into this precious daughter. I began to minister, and, you know, and God began a wonderful healing work. But it's a process, I'm telling you, friend. It goes back to what I was sharing earlier. We need to begin to set our minds on truth. If you know and the Lord begins to identify, hey, you you lack faith in this area. We need to work on that. Hey, you, you need to love people a little better. You're kind of mean sometimes. God will begin to put his finger on issues, and we all have those moments, friend. Has anybody arrived yet? I mean, have you have you been perfected? If you have, I'll give you the microphone right now. We're all in process. But as the Lord begins to put his finger, hey, I need you to work on this. Don't set your gaze on the issue. You set your eyes on the truth. We seek the Lord, the giver of truth, and we begin to search his word. Okay, I need to do a word study because God, you're dealing with me about my pride. God, you're dealing with me about the way I love. God, you're dealing with me about sacrifice or about giving. Whatever it is that God's putting in your heart, you begin to dig into this and put truth tear down strongholds you need to tear down the stronghold of worry he gives a lot of examples food body and clothing house money but you know what Jesus said he he says you know what's more important than food body clothing house money life he says is not life more than these things is not life more? Stop worrying about stuff and experience the life that I desire to give you. Stop worrying about what you have or what you don't have and experience. Yeah, Guys, I'm, my wife helps me in this, friend, okay? I'll, I'll be honest. Sometimes we're going on a trip. She's like, we should go do this. And the thought that enters my mind is, what's it gonna cost? And I have this moment where it's like, man, I can spend this time worrying about the cost, or I can enjoy the experience. Hey, settle down there. Let me put it back on you. Maybe I shouldn't, okay. like so. Sometimes we're sitting down to dinner. And before we eat, oh, we need to take pictures of this. This needs to go on our story. This needs to go like, why? Let's experience it. Oh, she says you'll forget. That's true. <laughs> we're going to experience life. We're going to experience life. I'm going to close with this verse and then we're going to we're going to go pray and this is this is what I want to kind of prime our heart for 2nd Corinthians 418 it says do not look at the things which are seen but the things which are not seen the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal don't look at what you see look at what is not seen, the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. You realize, friend, that everything that we can see and feel and touch and smell was all created out of the unseen realm. I mean, this is mind boggling. remember the Lord speaking to me when we had a, a friend of ours, he was a regular at our early morning prayer meetings, and he died. He was an older gentleman, but I remember I felt this because I was with the guy just about every single day for year after year after year. And so we went to be with the Lord, and he was he was older, but it was still still too early. And I remember feeling this, and I was just like having one of these like, you know, grieving moments, and that's normal. But I remember praying in this moment and like, God, I just wish he was still alive. And the Lord spoke to me in that moment as clear as I've ever heard him. He says, Jacob, you realize, Kaoki was his name, you realize that Kaoki is more alive than you are right now? And it just it hit me. That's true, friend. The unseen, see, we, we see like, well, no, this is real, friend. The unseen realm is more real. This, you were created out Of the unseen realm everything we walk in and live and experience was created out of the unseen realm now here's our application there are purposes that the Lord desires to fulfill in our lives and for us as a church there are promises that have not yet come to fruition we cannot see it, we cannot lay hold of it, but some are dreams that God has put in our hearts, a vision that he's given. They're still in the unseen realm, but as we serve, as we take steps of faith, as we give, as we build, as we do, we will watch over the coming seasons, over the coming years, things that are in the unseen realm, in the heart of God and in your heart, become reality right before us. What's in your heart? My family doesn't serve the Lord, but I believe it's within God's heart to see them serve the Lord. It is unseen right now, but I have more faith in the unseen God than the circumstance I see before me right now. I believe for a cancer-free church. Cancer's not allowed in this house. What I see is cancer on occasion. But I have more faith in the word of the Lord and what he's able to do than what I see before me. It's an unseen promise that I'm believing to come to fruition right in front. I mean, you just, I'll give you my ideas. These are, these are the things that I'm believing for. But I wanna know what's in your heart. What is it that you're believing the Lord is going to do? Well, I want you to stand. And I'm gonna pray. And for the sake of those who are watching online, I'm going to bless us. But then what we're going to do is we're going to come out this door and we're going to go down the hallway and we're going to go into the we're going to go into our new worship space. And I'm going to warn you, there's some open ground cuz we're about to do some plumbing and stuff in there, but we've roped it off, stay within the warning caution tape and we'll all be good. And we're going to give out markers. We're going to prophesy. We're going to speak things into existence that are in the unseen realm currently okay and so lord i i ask you even now would you seal our heart with your purpose we believe this is what you desire to do in our church that god every man woman and child within the sound of my voice those who come within the realm of this ministry whether in in kona lord one of our other islands or one of our many extensions all around the world we want to be a place where we experience your life and we're going to experience it with purpose you give us meaning you give us significance there are things that are unseen that we're not walking in but you will bring it to fruition as we seek you diligently and so lord we ask you even now would you speak to our hearts things that you desire to see released in our church in our house move and minister In this time, in Jesus' name.